It's time to venture into the Filmverse, a movie fan podcast where we delve into the never-ending recesses of cinema and report our findings. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And I'm Bryce Payne. And today on the fourth episode of Into the Filmverse, we will be discussing the 1995 comedy Friday, the 1952 musical Singing in the Rain, and our thoughts on Regal Cinema's indefinitely shuttering their doors. Be sure to join us on Letterboxd, the social network for film lovers. You can find me, Mitchell Chandler, at Mitch Reviews, and Mitch is spelled M-Y-T-C-H. And you can find Bryce Payne at Payne Reviews. Payne is spelled P-A-Y-N-E. And before we dive into our weekly movie watches, we're going to go off the top with some recent movie news. So, as um, COVID would would have it, um, our precious movies are still getting delayed. Um, it looks like the, the next two to hit the chopping board for this year. Um, there's no time to 007's new entry, No Time to Die, and uh, Dune got delayed. Um, they're both big tentpole movies that were supposed to come out this year. Um, they had moved to December, and uh, No Time to Die got pushed till April 2nd, 2021, so only only a few months from where it was supposed to come out as. Um, and then Dune got pushed to almost a whole year, next October of 2021, the first. Um, what do you make of that, Bryce? How does that how does that make you feel in terms of everything going on? I know we, last week we talked about Black Widow getting delayed um, next till next year. I mean, is it a surprise for you at all, really, or not really? I mean, I'm not I'm not really upset about No Time to Die being canceled or delayed, not canceled. But uh, you know, I haven't seen any of Daniel Craig's other films in the series, so it gives me time to catch up on that. And Dune is like it's sad, but once again, I don't know enough about it to really be like overly upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've seen some of the 007 films by Daniel Craig. Um, I know I, I don't think I saw the first one, but regardless, I, I, I'm not too like sad that they're being delayed be- because of the particular movie because I don't really mind when I see these ones. I'm just, it's sad because it's the of, final films that were going to be coming out. Yeah, exactly. It's the only thing I had to look for, like the bigger films to look forward to that were coming out. The, easier uh, at the end of the year and now so all we just have for is rom-coms <laughs> rom-coms i know exactly rom-coms and and hopefully wonder woman 84 if that doesn't get pushed because that's that's the only big one that comes out oh, yeah they um, got moved to december right yeah that's in december oh, yeah, still right. at this point but they'll probably we, move it probably <laughs> well, i guess we'll find out um but yeah i mean i, I guess it, it just doesn't it doesn't um surprise me either it's just still so it's a little depressing to know that those moved. Um, but close on the heels of that, um, Regal Cinemas said that they're closing its doors in- indefinitely. Um, and they, they specifically cited, or the um, owner of Regal Cinemas specifically cited them move No Time to Die was their deciding factor uh, that they were going to close their doors on this Thursday uh, of Thursday 10-8, October 8th. Um, and I guess the big story behind that is, well, I mean, that the, they're closing the, their doors again, um, at just shortly after reopening from, from being able to open. Um, well, to be fair, you, the only movie that was really pushing for a theatrical release was Tenet. Right. And yeah, t- really the hope was, I was thinking that you put Tenet in theaters and then that starts getting more movie theater or more of these movies pushed back up and that way they can get these audiences starting going to back um but it turned out that 
didn't really work out that way. I mean, Tenet in the theaters, and it, I think at this it point it's only made three hundred yeah, million domestically. Yeah, I was like, it didn't do very good at the box office. But I mean, I also like this is just my personal thing with how these things are going with like um you know movies getting released. If they have released it on digital too, like you know video on demand, it would have made a lot more money. But they decided that it's a theatrical experience only, so they were like, no. And then we like you and I are people who want to go to theaters, want to see these movies in theaters. There's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable doing it, so like I get it, but I just think if they released it on digital, it would make a lot more money. Like, um, I think Mulan, saying, Mulan just got released on uh, Movies Anywhere today. I saw that, um, and that's almost like a whole different topic, only because if you look at <clears throat> the digital, I, yeah, they released it on Movies Anywhere for like twenty bucks, and which is kind of messed up the fact that they charged their subscribers 30, but then they did like 20 bucks on movies. Anymore, like two or, weeks later. Yeah. Buddha. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's only been like a few, few weeks. It's almost like they screwed their subscribers over by charging them more money than they charged other people for it. And then they're that's kind of messed up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I, to me, it's a little, it's a little silly um, that on that aspect. I don't know that I agree with you with what they would have made more money with digital. Um, no, but I think like I don't know. You look at how you look at trolls, like that um, world tour or whatever it was called. I personally believe that if it wasn't on digital, it wouldn't have made as much money as it did because it's more well, readily okay, available and their kids. That's you know, fair. At home. I mean, okay, okay, you could you could make that argument. I could say, but the, I still think it. But it still lost money, though. Is the thing with that movie? That movie still lost money. No, it didn't. I don't think it did. Because like I, they I didn't have numbers to, on it. They didn't need to pay. Um, a lot of advertising. They didn't need to do a lot of marketing. They didn't need to lease the film out. They just put it on digital, and that's it. Like they basically, from what I remember, when I read about it, is they made it's like the production actually made a ninety percent profit. <laughs> right. Um, that went into the pockets of the company. Like um, the budget was wow, actually a lot. Maybe no, okay, box office is totally different than like I looked at box office, but that's totally different than video sales. Right. Now I, I was trying to look up. I, I did a whole spreadsheet on this because I, I you know, it was a big. It has made seventy seven million dollars in revenue from domestic customers. Uh, well, I mean, well, okay. But my main point though is, is it's not as profitable <coughs> as going to the, as what the movies at the theater could be. You're you're not gonna like you can't make it to like maybe maybe troll squeaked squeaked out some money by chance, but you can't make a two hundred million dollar movie and put it on a streaming and expect to no make no no and that, that's where Tenant comes in because like it it's like what our plan was for Milan where we just got a bunch of friends together and we were like we're gonna charge each person five bucks and basically see the movie for free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I guess going back to, I mean, Regal Cinemas um, here that. AMC and Cinemark, um, the other theater chains, kind of major theater chains, had decided they're going to stay open. Um, I'm kind of, of okay. closing doors. I'm kind of okay with that. I mean, I personally haven't been to a Regal Cinema in like three years, so like that doesn't really affect me very much. They're no, not, I agree. They're not I'm the just, they're not the big one in our town. So. Exactly, not know where we live. But I'm just surprised that AMC and Cinemark are still are staying open because usually what Regal does, AMC does, or you know, one of the big theater chains, they usually kind of stay all on the same suit well i guess it would depend on how much cinemark has made on their whole like um flat like comeback classics things they've done a lot of that but well i guess my, my thing is this okay so you have like the, the social distance seating which is understandable and needs to happen but 
it's cut down make... how many people you can go see a movie. Right, exactly. But you can't make the money back with how many like seats that you have in there, and that's why Tenet didn't do that great. Even if they packed the theaters as as full as their social distance thing or guidelines would allow, they're not still they're still not making the money they need to to be able to make a profit on that film. So maybe they're like, maybe they're just not wanting to close and then reopen in two months because Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, right, and that's that's the thing though is if if um it does be just be two months that it takes for everything to but they've also, to recycle, start back up then they, it's okay because they can get more people in the theater again. I know I know that we did the math on this like last week, two weeks ago, sure. something like that, where we were like um. How much money could they make from these private watch parties they have going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we decided that they're really not making a profit, but we also don't know how many theaters are actually doing it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Versus, so I mean, I know, that, you know, because we pretty frequently Cinemark, but I don't really know entirely what AMC is doing. I don't know if they have that program going on. No, but, but like, if you look at Cinemark, there's a lot of things that you're seeing online where people are like families of five or whatever, and they rent out a theater for a hundred bucks. Right. So that's $20 tickets. Exactly. So, it's just like it's almost not worth it. But it's that's money that just goes straight to the theater because they don't have to license the right. film. They don't have to. I mean, that's that's all to the theater. But then just having someone play video games for three hours, watching yeah, that's also choice, a like thing they have. Uh, I mean, I, it's all I, about how I, long is the theaters? How long is it going to be until theaters can start allowing more seating, and also these other bigger budget movies start coming back in? Because really, I was looking at the the new releases coming out, and it's really just the only major ones is Wonder Woman that comes out in December, if that still happens at this point. And then the next one is going to be in March with um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So it's really not until three months into next next year that we're going to start getting big ones again. Exactly, and, and then after that, it just starts popping. There's new movies every you know every month, almost like two or three a month because of all the delays. I would but. Uh... I would assume Cinemark like gets the numbers and they look at it and they're like, "All right, we can feasibly hold this through as long as things don't get fucked up more than what they are now." That's the thing. I think right now is if everything stayed the way it is and they could just keep this steady pace going and then everything starts getting better, then I think it's going to be okay. But the, where the challenge comes in is a, a like a lot of people were speculating and there might be a, um and this is all depends um, on different no, no, not different views but just how it goes but there might even be a second wave of covid that there, it might get worse before it gets it gets better again I, you know that's just um different people's speculation there but it, it, i mean if it get basically if it gets worse if the situation of covid gets worse i'm just nervous as far as what the, what are the theaters going to do like i mean i can't see them just shutting down completely like it's just like a huge staple of entertainment pop culture but at the same time it's like if they can't pay their bills, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's, mm, that's a good point. Actually, I, I doubt theaters are ever going to go away. I think they might get hit really hard and might get like struggle, but I don't. I doubt they'll ever go away, especially in modern days. Because like, if you look at the mid two thousands, theaters weren't as popular as they are right now because we have the big budget franchises like MCU and DC, DC and all that. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I think these, and I, I think that was where the way the movie theater, especially with streaming and all that, I definitely know the theater was changing. It was going to be more of a bigger event type deal. You're going to go see your Marvel movies. You're going to go see your DC movies. You're going to go see, you know, big budget, $200 million film movies. And these smaller movies, like, I don't know, like um, uh, Moonlight. Well, not just like Moonlight. Moonlight might still come out on something. Words like that. go back but, from walls. 
yeah, Words on Bathroom Walls or this new movie coming out called Freaky. Those things are going to be more towards streaming. Um, all these smaller films aren't going to get really as much attention as these larger. But no, yeah, because you would you would go see a the- you go see like um, Endgame in theaters, and you have the trailers, and you're like, wow, that looks good, and that's how you get you know you pay you get noticed to these. But if you're exactly. not like actively watching trailers, like you're never going to know. Exactly, like, and that's that's the whole point. Um, but I just don't think streaming is is a viable solution for. No, it's like a, it's a weird cop out. It's not as good. Exactly, and that's why a lot of these maybe, and that's why you don't see a lot of these companies putting their stuff to streaming. I think Disney might have done it with Mulan. It's because they have so much on their slate already, and they were they were probably planning on doing some sort. I mean, I think it's a couple of things. One, they already had, they had so much on their slate already that they need to schedule around. Two, they know they probably weren't going to make the money they wanted to make off of Mulan, just especially you know how it's been received and everything. They probably knew that before. Yeah, live live action Disney movies do not do well in the theaters. Right, and so I figured they probably realized that and said, "Well, let's just try. Let's just sample what it would be like trying to do it on streaming." And that's why I think it hasn't been done like great, you know, with uh, them charging Disney Plus subscribers thirty dollars and then putting it on 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 demand or on demand, but like streaming. Rent, rentals and stuff like that for like twenty. Yeah, bucks. You know, yeah. I was like, rentals for twenty fucking dollars is ridiculous. It really is. I'm yeah. like, I could fucking own that movie in three months for the same price. There's no way. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I guess the, my biggest thing about this whole uh, Regal shutting down and AMC Cinemark is saying is it open is it's just um, man, I lost my thought there. Um, Cinemark is staying <laughs> open. Well, I'm excited that they're staying open. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I just, you and I are going to go see a bunch of movies. Like, I'm so hoping they still bring like Chamber of Secrets and Return of the King and shit to theaters. I'm just hoping that whatever they whatever they do, it's just enough to keep the theaters alive, and that's really my main thing. MCU marathon, everyone will show up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would show up too. <laughs> That'd be packed. They did that before, and they um they gave out T-shirts and shit, but not during the COVID pandemic. It was like right after, um, right before Endgame came out. Oh wow. But it's only at select theaters. I wish I had. Done, I wish I had known about that. Yeah. If anything, I mean, if anything, you just want people, more people, more people to go out and to go to the theater to support the theater right now, because that's really the only way they're staying alive. Is just is just these smaller um, comeback comeback movies like they played Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice, um, and uh, they're playing a bunch of horror movies this this month like Psycho. And that's not really a, that's not Cinemark though. That's Fandango. That's like a totally different company. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, but in theaters in general, just go go, go supporting your theaters in general, just because they're playing. They're, older they're trying movies. That's so how, hard. They're trying, yeah, they're trying to keep themselves open. Um, I just wish and, they would do like bigger franchises instead of just being like, "Here's one movie from this franchise." Like, give them all to me. Like, let me have a marathon. I know. Yeah, I was like, if you're gonna do one Harry Potter movie, do them all, so I can see them all. Yeah, it's like I've only seen now uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Prisoner of Azkaban and uh, Half Blood Prince in theaters. Like, let me go see all of them. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They should be. I mean, but I, I guess it's all dependent on rights and stuff like that. But see, well, uh, with the impending doom of our most precious vices out of the way, let's move on to the various content we watch throughout the week. Before we go uh, there, we should probably explain. Uh, sure. We didn't have a Monday movie night this week. <laughs> yeah, usually um, every Monday we we uh, watch a Best Picture winner. Whether it be an older one or a newer one, and sometimes, um, and every third week we do a, a pick from our our group. Somebody actually picks a movie they want us to watch. But unfortunately, uh, my boss to- got COVID, and now <laughs> we are having to 
I want to say quarantine, but I'm still going to work with precautions. But I'm basically like we cut off ourselves from all of our friends to avoid risk of exposure in case we have it. Which is yep, why... just doing the safe thing and staying away, um, doing our part, making sure that we can get rid of this virus as fast as possible. Which really uh, put a hamper on our week's um, plans. <laughs> plans, exactly. We were supposed but... to watch The Exorcist, but now we're doing that next Monday. So stay That's tuned for exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, if we'll definitely we, be if sure we get to... cleared. We'll know yeah, by right. next Monday. <laughs> yeah, we'll know by, by then. Um, yeah, but so this week, though, um, we're just going to talk about, you know, different movies that we, we got to watch just ourselves. Uh, and Bryce, I'll have you start out with one here. Um, it's called The War of the Worlds. All right. Uh, I watched this one today. Did you want me to um, do the quick synopsis here for you or did you want to do that? I can do it. Okay. I'll let you take away then. So War of the Worlds is based on H.G. Wells' classic novel. It is brought to life in this tale of in, or H.G. Wells' classic novel is brought to life in this tale of alien invasion. The residents of a small town in California are excited when a flaming meteor lands in their hills. Their joy is tempered somewhat when they discover that it has no passengers, or that has passengers who are not very friendly. I completely read that so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But no, this was um this was a 1953 film, and I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan. I really don't like it. <laughs> it's not sure. my preferred genre. But I was really interested in this one because from what I was seeing, it had some really good miniatures, really good like effects for the time i mean this was a movie that came out 47 years ago or not 47 67 years ago and like wow. i was blown away by some of these miniatures it made it was like um you know you know you've seen the original star wars movies where they have all the um, sure. miniatures and stuff i would prefer this version's miniatures to the star wars miniatures they just looked wow. um more more legit well i mean you look at the you look at the uh star wars ones they're always like stop motion you can see they're kind of clunky and don't right. move as fluid as they should but this one, they were like, they're f- like these ships are flying around, shooting lasers at things, and I was like, man, this looks pretty damn legit. <laughs> wow, you're like, well, this is what started shut it down. <laughs> I was really, I was really impressed, man. There was like, um, they were melting people with like lasers, and you know, it's kind of cool. Now, I do have a couple things to take away. Uh, you see them, these are aliens from Mars. Mm-hmm. And you see them one time, the entire movie, one. Oof. The other, every other time you see them, it's um, their ships or their technology that you know humans are trying to understand they have this strange like um romance subplot that kind of get feels like it just got thrown in but it it's not they don't distract to it it's like it's mainly focused on the martians invasion instead of like this romance which i appreciated oh wow, that's pretty cool but um i, I don't want to do spoilers because i really did like this movie but the last five minutes ruined this entire film for me it's only not it's only like 98 minutes long or something like that Okay. And I it got to the last five minutes, and I was like, oh my god, this going to really end like this. And then it just, like, complete cop out. And I was like, man, that really fucking sucked. <laughs> I, and see, that's the biggest thing for me, is the ending of movies. And I know it's, when something doesn't end as appropriately as I said, it doesn't leave you satisfied, it's almost like... No, and then, like, they have this weird, like, religion side aspect to the whole movie. Like, um, this one dude's like, they're closer to God, because they fly, so like, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, Bro, you're being fucking decimated by Martians. This is not what you should be thinking about. You're being, right decim- now. <laughs> you're being decimated by Martians, man. That's God. And then, like sure. the like during like the final like battles, quote unquote battle. There's like um people in churches. Like this dude running church to church looking for this, looking for the girl for the love interest. And like, luckily, I was like, really, these people are burning your land, and you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna go to church. I'm like, that doesn't seem like an appropriate response at all. To I'm this. like going to church. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. 
I mean, other other than that, I really, really enjoy this movie. And what's even cooler is um, in the 1940s, uh-huh. they did a audio drama of this film. I think it was the 40s. It might have been the 30s, but I'm pretty sure it's the 40s. And uh, Orson Welles, who you might know from Citizen Kane, you know, yeah. that guy, he, um, he did a radio drama version of War of the Worlds. And it was so realistic that the people actually went into a panic thinking Martians were attacking the United States. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> and what's even better just, is because I have this movie on Criterion Collection, so um, it comes with that radio drama. <laughs> do you get a chance to listen to it? I have not. I really, I really want to, but it's like I just watched the movie, so I might just do it a different day. Yeah, it's not as yeah, you know, it's not as fresh, and you kind of get a little separate thing there. But but like, so so realistic, people thought they were being invaded by Martians. <laughs> as far as sci-fi movies go, I'm trying to think of anything that like what what would we consider sci-fi? Like would would I'm trying to think because, like you know, you said you don't. You're not a huge fan of sci-fi movies. And I'm just trying to think of sci-fi movies that I've seen that I enjoy, but I can't particularly think of anything that I can just think strictly sci-fi. Because I mean, when Ar- I think sci-fi, Arrival? is that that's the one Tom Cruise, right? No, Arrival is with a uh, Jeremy Renner and God, what's her name? I forget. There's like the main girl's name, but Jada really liked that movie. I didn't like that movie that much. <laughs> um, um, there was Annihilation. Jada really liked. I didn't really like. <laughs> Yeah, see, why why do they all start with A? That's weird. I don't know, but I don't I don't know. I just something about that genre in general. I just like di- I get a disconnect from. Yeah, I just I, well, I don't like space movies in general. Like um, now, now I know people are gonna be like, but Star Wars, Star Wars is not the that's same. That's what I was that's thinking. Not, I was to, <laughs> I thought sci-fi. But that's Star Wars, but that's like. I, it, it is a sci-fi movie, but it's almost like a superhero it's a drama. Action, it's not sci-fi. Yeah, it's like in some cases it's a drama film. Like it's not even sci-fi at some points. There's like romance stories in there. Like Attack of the oh, Clones Oblivion. is basically an entire romance. Um, Oblivion. That was what I was looking for. Tom Cruise, right? I think so. I don't actually own that, so I don't know. <laughs> that was an okay movie. But <laughs> speaking of Tom Cruise in space. I don't know if we were to, we've talked about it here on the show yet, but he's going to space with Elon Musk to film a, a movie next year. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This okay, is the same guy stupid, who gets but abs but here, fucking put on him with CGI in The Mummy. Like, no, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> okay. I know I know it sounds dumb, but think about it, though. You're the first actor to go film a movie in space. Like that, you're, you basically just cemented your name in history forever. Like he was already one of those top celebrities. He's probably talked about it for the longest time. Does does your own stunts, you know? Does cra- all these crazy stunts? All this is a publicity space. stunt because he doesn't want to admit the fact he's getting old. <laughs> well, oh, of course it is. I mean, I mean, he might he might admit that he's getting old. I don't well, know about that. He's like he's like, if I have a shirtless scene, I still have to be abs. They can't know I'm fat. You're know. fucking fifty years old, Tom. Get the hell over it. <laughs> Did he really get his abs CGI? I never haven't heard about that. Yeah, I fucking I like in the mummy. I'm looking. I'm looking up to make sure I get the wording right. But he straight up, like I'm pretty sure it's in his contracts. If he has a shirtless scene, he uh-huh. fucking gets his, his his abs CGI'd. That's such a weird thing. Like there's there's pictures of behind the scene Tom Cruise and he has like I mean I don't know but there's 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 got to be something to say about an actor going to space to film a movie. I mean, I don't, regardless if it's, if it's Tom Cruise or not, that's just—I think that's cool as far as like as far as like setting history and and like the whole thing of Hollywood. I'm sorry, I was reading. I was not paying attention. Oh, you're good. No, but I'm just saying, like, as far as 
as far as being a actor, just if, even if it wasn't Tom Cruise, but just going to space and filming a movie, I mean that's I mean that's not even just a huge step for like I mean mankind as to pardon the pun, um, but just like Hollywood in general. I mean that's just going to be cemented in history for forever. I just wish it was for a better reason than him being like I'm going to be the first. I mean that's probably all it was about, and I I don't blame him though because that's kind of what legacy he's been he's been trying to to overcome, and I'm sure he's the only one that would be crazy enough to do it. So, yeah. Otherwise, I'm, there's really no reason to. There's really no reason to. But I'm now like I can't find any of the shit that said he did CGI's ass. But looking at some of these photos, dude, he has to. There's no fucking way. I saw something about his like stunt double, and then him switched. Bodies or something like that in post production. I don't yeah, know. I did. I did look. Dude, there's like, it. there's this one picture that like, it's straight up from the mummy, and he's fucking, he's flabby. <laughs> he's fun. Yeah, I mean, but but still, yeah, Tom Cruise is very generic. But but I just think I still think it's cool as far as there's an actor going to space to film a movie. I just think that's just incredible. I just wish Especially there was a better actor. A better actor. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's not. He's. I mean, he's not. Like Oscar or, or you know, but, you know, someone who wasn't just like so fucking. I don't know Tom Cruise, so I, you know, this is just my opinion. He's so goddamn full of himself. You can just tell. He's like, I'm sure. I fucking hung out of a plane to film a movie. I learned how to fly a plane for a movie. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. No one else is doing it because it's stupid. <laughs> There's people paid to do that. I mean, yeah, I think he's a little crazy, but but at the same time, I mean, it's. It's keeping his name in the article. I don't know. Well, okay, but you think about Jackie Chan? He did his own stunts too, until a certain point. But... Jackie Chan was a legend. This, Tom Cruise is not Jackie Chan. They don't even compete on the same level. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think they're on the same level. I mean, as far as an actor who's going to go through the work of putting in the effort to try and to actually do these, like he, like, well, I, to me, that's like you. He learned how to fly a plane for a role. Like to me, that's like some top level stuff. A role, a role that is a sequel to a movie that came out forty years ago when he was a heartthrob that he's trying to relive in the past. I mean, regardless, he learned how to fly a plane. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, like I said, that's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he learned how to fly a plane for a movie. I don't know. Even, regardless of what it's for. I just don't I mean, that's dedication. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, like, he I mean, be the most I don't impressive man like in the world, acting. and I'm going to be like, no, nah, he's shit. And I'll like <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm, my point is I don't, as far, I mean, yeah, I don't really find his uh, acting ability like that great. Like when I see him in movies, it's not like he wins me over every it's, time. It's literally but like it's they try to use his name knows. as like a way to get people to like watch movies. And all I can think about is like, that doesn't make me want to go watch that movie. That, that makes me want to do the opposite and go watch that movie. I want to go watch <laughs> someone else's movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, as far I just want uh, my main thing is I think it's just it's just um, I find it impressive that, that it, it that is impressive movie. that we're going to space with an actor. It's just not impressive that it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> fair, I guess. I guess that's fair. <laughs> my two cents. Sorry. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, um, so that was H.G. Wells' class, uh, War of the Worlds. Um, so, uh, you also watched uh, Singing in the Rain um, from 1952. Yes. So, I watched this movie because I had Singing in the Rain stuck in my head all day. And for those that don't know, this is about a silent film ca- uh, crew company making the difficult transition to sound films back in the 1930s. And uh, I'm a huge silent film person, so I was really interested in this film. But I had the song Singing in the Rain stuck in my head for like an entire day. So I really wanted to go watch that. And um, I was not disappointed at all. I, I, had a, I had such a fun time in this movie. And like um, 
I found it I found it funny because um we just watched Gene Kelly in American in Paris. Oh. Not totally random, but American in Paris, that makes sense. And uh seeing him again in Singing in the Rain where he's essentially doing the exact same thing, I just found that so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't uh, Debbie Reynolds in that movie too? Yes, and she was adorable. <laughs> That's awesome. I know you had mentioned that like there were some cool transitions when they were moving from sound into because because it, it was like basically that that was the it, artist. Yeah, so it started out it started out as a silent film, right? And then it moved into a musical. Is that how it worked? You said I don't remember. I I kind of forgot the beginning because I got more into what was going on at the time because it's about like. The Jazz Singer comes out, which I own and I plan to watch, but I have not got there yet. Uh, the Jazz Singer came out, and everyone was like, no one will watch sound films. It's a product of the time. Silence still the way. And then Jazz Singer like, did really well in box office, so they were like, oh, shit, we need to make a sound film now. Otherwise, we're not going to make any money. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. so they make this sound film, but the actress that Gene Kelly's like stars against in that film, sure. she... Uh, her voice is annoying as fuck. Oh, jeez. This is like high pitched, horrible. Like it doesn't sound right. And so uh, they basically get Debbie Reynolds' character to dub over her this woman's voice. Okay, oh, did they really? Yeah, all the all the singing, all the like talking, everything in the entire film that they're making in this film. And then, so uh, Debbie Reynolds is just the voice. Of no, no, no. She she is the love interest of Gene Kelly, but there's an actress bes- like works beside Gene Kelly in, in as his role. So okay. like the character he's playing is an actor who's with another actress, but the actress sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, how do we do this? Like, otherwise, my career is gonna be ruined. Like, no one's gonna want to watch us if this woman's like in this film. She just sounds awful. And so they get Debbie Reynolds' character to dub over all this woman's voices during this movie. It's it's That's really it's really clever. It was like, hmm. That's definitely an interesting type of movie. But you said it was pretty good. Yeah, it was so good. And like, the singing in the rain song is a fucking technological marvel for the 1950s. Why is that? What, what, they is filmed it like... okay, so it's a night scene, but they filmed it during the day. So they were on a lot, and they put a giant tarp over the fucking lot, right, to cover out the sun, make it look black. They had mm-hmm. pipes all across the ceiling with holes punched in it, so the rain will go. <laughs> Oh, wow. And Gene Kelly had to like go around doing this fucking scene, soaking wet in like wool suits. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. But it's one of the best fucking musicals numbers I've ever seen. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely cool to hear. I mean, um, it's always nice to hear about older films that that still kind of hold up to today. Even if even if you know it's not completely like like the best thing ever, it's it's still like. Uh, very prominent as far as watchability. All right, with your uh, movies out of the way, they are not out of the way, but as far as down there, um, we are going to move on to what I watched uh, this weekend. Um, so I got my wisdom teeth pulled out this, this over this weekend, um, and so I just had a few days to just like sit down and watch a bunch of movies. Um, Lucky, and <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I decided uh, to watch a bunch of horror movies because um, that's, I mean, A, it's October, so it's the season. Um, and I also haven't done a whole lot of um, Halloween movies. It's not uh, your preferred genre. <laughs> yeah, it's not my preferred, preferred <laughs> genre, but that's mostly because I haven't really watched any. So I figured I'm going to sit down and watch a bunch this month. Um, and I also wanted to announce before I get into my my movies I watched here 
Uh, we are planning on doing like a Halloween Oktoberfest horror spook, uh, whatever I end up naming it, uh, episode here at the end of <laughs> at the end of October, where we're just going to go over a bunch of different horror films that we watched um, throughout the month. And kind of just go over our whole um, thoughts on horror and different and, and the genre itself. Um, but I want to talk about two films off the, uh, here that I, I did watch this weekend because um, they're very similar to each other. Both um, one's inspired by the other. I'm going to read the two descriptions. It's one uh, what, first movie is called Evil Dead 2013. Uh, it's called, uh, so this is the synopsis. Mia, a young woman struggling with sobriety, heads to a remote cabin with a group of friends, where the discovery of Book of the Dead unwittingly summons of dormant demons which possess youngsters one by one. And the second movie I watched was Cabin in the Woods. And that's from 2011. And five college friends spend the weekend at a remote cabin in the woods where they get more than they bargained for. Together they must discover the truth behind the cabin in the woods. So very, very similar um, themes there about just a group of friends being in the cabin in the woods. Um, Bryce, I watched Cabin in the Woods first. I told you that I watched it, and you told me it was based on the Evil Dead, which I did not know at first. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the, the, it's based on the original Evil Dead. Right, there was an Evil Dead, of course, not the 2013 one. They, it, they came out, like, Cabin in the Woods came out in 2012. <laughs> 11, yeah, exactly. But still, um, now what I... Uh, you know, uh, this Cabin in the Woods movie, I was reluctant to watch it at first because I thought it was the Jennifer Lawrence House at the End of the Street movie. <laughs> and I was not... I was I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't, but I, I thought it was at first. And that's why I always stay away from this movie because I didn't want to watch it because I was like, I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. You're like sitting there, you're like, oh God, I'm about to fucking see her, aren't I? God damn it. I, and then Chris <laughs> Hemworth's like, hello there. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, no. I was like, oh hello. <laughs> hello, puppy. <laughs> But yes, no, I was very presently surprised and to see that um, I, A, it wasn't Jennifer Lawrence, and it was not what I thought it was. It was not some sort of um, kind of lame movie. But that's then I watched Evil Dead shortly after because he told me it was it was based on that, not the 2013 version, which honestly, I didn't even realize that there was multiple versions until yeah, I watched I this one. You're like, I'm watching Evil Dead. I was like, oh shit, I love that movie. And you're like, this is creepy as fuck. And I was like, what the fuck one are you watching? And then you sent me a picture, and I was like, oh, no, dude. I, was talking, I like the original. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> uh, but this 2013, like, it's a really good horror movie. Like, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I liked it a little bit more than um, Cabin in the Woods. And it's just, it was just very um, enthralling. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of my review here because I just think it sums it up perfectly. Uh, this film grabs you by the guts, rips them out, and drags you on an eye-splitting adventure with an, an abundance of unbridled horrific joy. I, it's just a mess. Not not a mess. I want to say it's a mess of movie. <laughs> it's just like a complete bl- bloodbath disaster that you're just... and. It, See, normally I don't like it's because like, they it's about them getting possessed by demons. Which normally you'd be like, okay, usually those are slow burning. You you think paranormal activity, fake, you know, fakes uh, part of sort of, you know, flashes around the room, those really cheesy camera angles. But no, this is straight up like, no, they're fucking possessed, and it's not okay. I, I like, don't I don't think you would like the original Evil Dead. No, <laughs> probably not. But you'd be but, like, this is fucking cheesy as hell. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's a, Don't get me wrong. There's a deer there's head that spins around in circles. You're like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's a little little level of cheese to this, but I honestly I think most horror movies that deal with like elements like demons and stuff like that, there's always a little bit of cheesiness to them. Oh, um, always, 
But still, this one, it, it just kept me, like, I was actually scared, like, under my coverage. Like, I don't want to fucking see this. I'm scared. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Just get it over with. Just somebody fucking do something. Or not do something, like, as far as. But just, like, I'm, I was just, like, don't. I, I don't know what to do. I can't speak. <laughs> um, so that one was, was a lot of fun. And then Cabin in the Woods was um, was cool, but I don't think I can watch that one again because the novelty of, of the surprise wears off. 100%. Yeah, because once you're like, you understand how it all works, how like the whole story goes together, you're like, it's not as good when you're just watching it going like, the fuck is happening? Yeah, I definitely don't want to um, add anything more than that, especially on that one, because it's definitely something you got to watch at least once. Um, it's definitely it is definitely experience. a lot of fun. A fun experience, and it's definitely, it's definitely, it's almost the, it, I think you said it was, what is a, a satire, a, um, it's a satire a of a ton of fucking horror movies. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't, like, you, uh, know, you really know what, even if I say that, you're not going to even know what that means until you watch it. No, like, there's a, there's this one demon that, like, just briefly shows up that's like a ripoff of Pinhead from Hellraiser. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I got that reference after because I was listening to some, I have some other podcast or something, and they're talking about some, some well, this that specific person that we saw, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." <laughs> it's so clever. I love it. I was when you were like, "I really like it." I was like, "Yeah," because it's fucking clever. But it's clever, exactly. Yeah, it was clever, but it's just the novelty of that wears off after the first time. I think. One hundred percent. Yeah, but like I said, be sure to ch- um, look out for our special horror Halloween episode that we're going to be doing uh, towards the end of October. I'm going to try to watch so many just to fucking make it. Just where watch I talk the whole time. You get your yeah, like, I, I watch talk, ten. Like, and I I'm watch like, this. Oh. And this. I, I also have this tattoo and this tattoo and this tattoo with that movie. And I'm be like, I watched the eleven at the beginning of the month. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I might actually rewatch the entire Friday the Thirteenth series. I might actually do that. I do plan on seeing that in the theater because uh, it comes out in the theater. You've already Wait, seen, did Friday, I see it? yeah. You already saw Friday the Thirteenth. See, I always get all these movies messed up. Like I get Friday the Thirteenth, and there's also what's the other one that's like super popular? J or with with um not Jason, but uh, no, there's Halloween. But then there's Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know. They all look the same. To me. They're all the same to me. <laughs> the hockey mask guy looks the same as the burned guy. <laughs> they do. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like in my head, they're just all the same movie, and it's it's. No, I just I, like, uh, I get my Blu-ray box set of Friday the Thirteenth next week, so I'm probably gonna end up rewatching all those. You should de- when you watch those. You should definitely tell me which ones I should watch because I don't I don't want to be sitting Every, here watching all of them again. Watch the first six. The seventh one sucks. There's so many. That's six of them. That's crazy. Okay, but okay. So the four, the first four are the real what I view as the real franchise of the series because like those they the fourth was titled the final chapter. It was supposed to end, but they were like final money. Chapter. But you're like, Jason Zombie now. That's how this works. Dude, it's the, the, the way... <laughs> we I, want money. The, the, the thing is with the Friday the Thirteenth series is at least in every movie, they... Well, most of the movies, they explain how he comes back. And it's not just like, and he's back now. Yeah, I know you we thought he was dead. Weed? But he's dead. But he's back. And then, like, every movie he dies or whatever. Like, he never really dies, per se. He, like, gets trapped. Man, you ever gonna die? <laughs> That's well, my like, Chris Tucker. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things that, like... um they chain him to a bottom of a lake or whatever, you know, like they, they trap him. They don't really kill him. So like, they chain him to the bottom like he don't die. That's some brutal shit. I ain't into that shit. It's like, it's like, it's way better than like nightmare on Elm street where he dies and then he comes back and they don't explain it. That makes sense. 
<laughs> I was just channeling my inner, inner Chris Tucker. Just get into horror movies. Man, that would be the funniest thing. Horror. I, I mean, you couldn't even turn... You could not do a horror movie with Chris Tucker. He would just be like, Man, get the hell out of here with that shit. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see if he did one. I would I would watch that a thousand percent. I love I just I love Chris Tucker, but <laughs> it's gonna be scary movie watch. It's gonna be a hundred percent. Oh my god, movie. it probably would be. That's not see, but <laughs> I think it'd be cool to see him in an actual horror movie, and like and like for him to survive the whole time. But it's kind of hard to do horror and comedy at the same time and pull it off. His filmography, but by genre, we're gonna Happy Death Day did it. I mean, I know you. Don't like I don't like Happy, Happy Death, Death Day. Death, but... The second one's better, but it's because they like they wait they they embrace their uh, comedic. See, I, that's the reason I didn't like it as much, is because. But that's, that's a different topic. Different time. That, that, yeah, it's a whole, that's horror, horror comedy is a different. Of worms. Um, but, uh, the fuck! I think I clicked all because what showed up was a shit ton of like drama, and I don't want drama. I want. I want. I want horror. Well, um, why you look that up, or if you get find that, but cool. But with our thoughts on the various content we watch throughout the week, spiraling into the film verse, let's move on to our film verse feature. Each week before our podcast, we watch a film that the other person hasn't seen. Last week, speaking of Chris Tucker, I chose the 1995 comedy Friday, which I also have never seen. Uh, I'll get your thoughts first, Bryce. What did you uh, think of? Uh, what do you think of my goddamn movie? I thought it was stupid. I'm not, I don't want to be mean. But I really I thought the movie was fucking dumb. I like. Okay, that's fair. Why? Why did you not like it? What, what parts of it that didn't work for you? Dude, it's so stereotypical. Like I know, I know from the 90s is like maybe, but like. Shit, man! Like, there's so many things wrong with it. <laughs> like, why is there there was no white people in this entire film? Well, okay, I didn't. But, even, uh, I, I honestly didn't think that, but that's probably because but, of the I mean, setting okay, it was in. Yeah, but I mean, there's still poor white people. <laughs> Not as much as you think, but I'm sure there is. But I'm sure, but but that's where, the kind of what, the, I mean, where's the, story the token is... white guy trying to fit in with the black people, though. Okay, I don't know about that. Like, that sounds. That, that's more of a parody, but I feel like that's something they yeah, could have that, done that to make it funnier like instead of just them sitting on a porch and being like, oh, shit, we owe dude $200, so we better figure that out. I don't know. I'd like, uh, I mean, okay, so I just enjoyed the simplicity of the of the movie. It wasn't about some grandeur thing. Um, it really it was really more more of just sitting back and enjoying the enjoying the everyday life of of um, these two dudes. And I really Chris Tucker, wasn't enjoying any- my time in their life. Their life's kind of sad. <laughs> no, it, it definitely. I mean, I don't know. I think it was just very simple and not very. Um, nothing really happens in the film, really. Like, there's no major events. There's no major things. It just kind of happens in like a day or two. I think it's really just. It's like two days that this, this happens in uh, a Friday. There is no is horror movies, happening. which is really sad. No, I didn't. I didn't think he did. He's done a lot of comedies. He has sixty comedies, but he's been in fifty-one documentaries. Oh wow! Seventy-three talk shows. Damn. He likes to talk. Man, a lot of music videos. He's been, he speaking English. He's been um, in as many music videos as he has been in comedy films. Wow. No, but I, I definitely, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was. Um, I thought the was humor some... is is very a, t- a taste that I think you have to have. Um, that I don't think you know, just every, every person's going to have. And, yeah, uh, I definitely it's, did. It's very but... stoner. It's stoner humor, but not as far as stoner humor as like the Pineapple Express. It's not like dude, that movie is awful. Humor. I love Seth Rogen, but that movie was so bad. Yeah, it's not like dumb stoner humor. It's just like laid back stoner humor. Yeah, it's not like this. It's not like the. I mean, okay, the weed was kind of the forefront of the movie. Yeah, but it was. not in a way that like Made every other joke was about weed. Like it, exactly, it was just like 
it was there. It was important to the story, quote unquote story that wasn't really there, but um, it wasn't like only about weed. <laughs> right. And yeah, there's definitely a bunch of uh, references that are, are dated and there are jokes that are dated. Oh, 100%. Which just like um, the, the black woman with the weave or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, like, oh well, my yeah, god, no, so you it's... knew she was bald. It's like, dude, right? Now, <laughs> nowadays, like that's 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 like a a cool thing to have, you know. But it all depends on, you know, it, like I said, that that's dated. I think there was even a a small person um being used as a joke, which I, I think still is sort of uses comedic elements in these days. I think I mean, it I definitely think Wolf it, of Wall Street used it, which is not in think, a certain way. I think it definitely is still used, but less so since Peter Dinklage became a household name. Right, it definitely shouldn't be used. Like ever, ever since even Game of Thrones was like, Peter Dinklage is a uh, Tyrion, and then everyone was like, oh shit, he's really cool, I like him. And then like this seems like the, uh, the humors kind of died off from that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it probably should have too because I don't you're really also, find that even funny. You're also seeing uh, more small people in like m- bigger movies, like um, mainly Peter Dinklage. Not gonna lie, he's he's definitely the forefront of everything. He but, played the uh, giant Thor. <laughs> he played the giant uh, Thor. He was um, in Days of Future Past as Trask. He was in Oh yeah, Game of Thrones, of course. He was. I mean, he's just he's in a lot of stuff. He was in this one movie. He's a good actor, though. He was in. Um, Three billboards outside of Epic, Missouri, and he would—he played a major character in that. I mean, he's a phenomenal actor, but I definitely believe that he's had a lot to do with um, small people getting better roles in films. So this, I just want to read my uh, quick review here of, of Friday. So I said, a pleasant movie that embraces the bluntness of Ice Cube and the infectious giddy of Chris Tucker to create a flavorful film full of humor. It's simplistic yet funny, even two decades later. I haven't wrote, I haven't written my review, so... No, that's definitely okay. I mean, I definitely um, see how you. I I I know you don't like the slice of life, slice of life movies. No, and I'm not a comedy this, person either. So it's just like, uh, yeah, this. And I think a big thing about comedy is being being there with the other person. Yeah, um, if you were if you were here, I definitely would have had a better time. Like, I was just I was just sitting here on my living room. I think I would have had a better time well. if I was with you too. Even though I know you probably wouldn't have like laughed as much as I would have, but I would have been like, ha, you gotta laugh at that. Like, I don't care, you laughing at that. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, I definitely uh, have a better time when with comedy as long as someone's here. Like, not even Jada was here, so I was just over here, like yeah, just like I'm all just by tapping, your, tapping on your hands exactly. <laughs> like, even though we tried doing it on Discord, but it's not the same thing, you know. It's no, not you the would, same thing as you'd be comedy. laughing, and I'd just be sitting there going, "I don't get it." Uh huh. <laughs> like, I don't get it. But well, and that really speaks to something that I love about a film. It's just these shared experience. Um, like if you, I, I I know we brought it up earlier about the streaming. But and this is why I never think streaming is going to be a huge, a huge thing compared to going to the movie theater. It's because imagine an experience like Captain America in Avengers Endgame wielding Thor's hammer. Like the amount of like adrenaline and buzz and just fervor that flowed through your body when you were with a crowd of people that all sit up screaming and popcorn was flying everywhere and kids were screaming, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing ever! What the fuck is happening?" You know, and but. But then, if you watched it at home by yourself, it would have been like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." Like, damn. But then, you know, it would—it's not the it's same not, like yeah. rush. And I, I saw I saw Endgame opening night with my friends, so we were like sitting there, and we were just like, "Oh shit!" Like we were just freaking out. <laughs> and then it was like, I know, you, it's one of those things where you like you like sit up a little bit in your chair, you grab the person next to you, and you're like, "Is this fucking happening?" <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly because it almost feels like you're wielding the Mjolnir itself too, but like not like, when you're. It, you're like the kid from uh, the Incredible. 
What are you waiting for? Something amazing. Something amazing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. So, like, that happens – if that happens in when you're uh, at home, like, it's cool. Like, no doubt. Like, that moment is still going to be cool at home. But it's not going to have that same – Yeah, like, I, like, I just got goosebumps again thinking about it. Like, the, like, you're not getting that by yourself. No, and even when I watch the movie by myself at home, I'm like, it's just not the same experience as it was in that theater. Exactly, and that's the and that correlates to other movies as well. When when a, a, you're watching a drama and a super sad moment happens, and everybody else in the theater is really quiet, I, I reference back to Logan, and when Logan died, you know that just that pure somber feeling that you feel with everybody else around you, and even you get chills from that because you're sitting there like everybody else is feeling this pain with you, and even though it's like a fictional character that none of you like you none of you have any anything else in common. <laughs> That that dude could be over there. Like you've never met this dude before, never talked to him. But like, when you walk out of that theater, out, you can look like, at him, and you share the death of Logan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty sad. You shared the death of Logan with that guy, or or like even in a comedy, like we we're talking about. You know, if, if we're together watching a comedy and something happens that maybe I find funny that you don't, but I'm laughing. I mean, you're gonna laugh a tiny bit because you know you find the humor that I'm enjoying. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I just. I don't know, watching this movie, I was like, I feel like something's missing for me because Mitchell's over here laughing and I'm over here like I just don't And get also it. <laughs> I think I think um so I think I just find I I like black humor and so like that too. I just definitely I, I relate with it. So it just um I just I don't know, I, I I guess I was expecting more hijinks in this film or whatever, you know, like in the vein of like uh Kevin Smith's movies where it's like something happens and there are like all these wacky things going on, but instead it was just these two guys sitting on their porch. It was literally this that and it, like oh, I was that like, was really hot. You think you, you know, get me laid? Like <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you guys are too, like, you guys look way too old to be like teenagers right Dude, now. Dude, it's so it's sad. I like saw Ice Cube and I was like, he went into his sister's room and I was like, Is that her fucking dad? The fuck is going on? <laughs> is that her dad? Yeah, no, and then And then I saw every- his dad and was like, I'm so fucking lost. Who the fuck is Ice Cube playing? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Ice Cube playing. I, I, it was weird seeing Ice Cube a little bit long, younger though. Like they did look too old, but they also Ice Cube young. So it was cool. Or younger. Chris Tucker than, looked the right age, in my opinion. Like you know, I mean, he, you he know, did. you know, he was uh, older Chris than Tucker, that. But like, Chris Thank Tucker you. is easy to though. He's like, he's like, man, you know, I'm 15. You know that's true. <laughs> Ice Cube's just like I don't know. He's too. I, I want to say he's too serious to play like a. In my damn weed. He's like, man, suck that shit in. It's Friday, man. It just takes a weed. <laughs> I just wish I love doing Chris Tucker. I love that dude so much. Maybe I need to see other Chris Tucker movies because I just like I don't know. I just I've only seen Fifth Element, so I was like, mm. yeah. See the Fifth Element. Okay, see I've seen I've seen Rush Hour, which is my favorite series, almost one of my one of my favorite series, um, which is apparently weird because I guess a lot of people don't like it, but I love Rush Hour, um, and I think it's just absolutely hilarious. Chris Tucker is in, you know is one of the main stars in that. It's just hilarious. yeah. I know in the Fifth Element, I was laughing my ass off at everything he did. If he was not in that movie, that movie would have sucked ass. I feel like this was a very diluted version of what he what he normally brings to the table, and that's why I think it was well. It was, it was nice. To, it's a flavor to what he was doing in the movie, and it worked. But I just know like that's Chris Tucker is like ten times that usually. You're like he's not as funny as he normally is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. But I was like, but still Chris Tucker. But I was like, I feel like he, they deluded him, <laughs> dude. That that final quote unquote fight, you know, his dad's like, don't don't use the gun, son. Oh, use the brick. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't even say that. He's just like, don't use the gun. Be a man. And then he picks the dude picks up a brick and throws it at the dude's head. A trash can. A, a, a fucking, picks up like, a board. He's like, board, yeah. him down. It's like you could still die from that, dude. Like you're yeah, like, not proving so, anything. <laughs> So like, don't shoot him, but beat the fuck out of him. That's like, that's Batman to a T right there. 
Oh my god. You can't kill him, but just beat the shit out of him. I saw this uh I saw this video and it was like these people like in the hospital and they're like sitting there like, So what were you doing? I was just buying some weed, man, and then Batman came in and he crippled me for life. Like I cannot feel my goddamn legs. I was just trying to buy some weed, man. Just some weed. Batman, fuck me up, man. It, it's still funny when you think about that. Batman's like, I don't kill people, but I throw them off buildings. Gravity kills them. Because <laughs> I'm Batman. Yeah, he's like, hey, gravity kills them. Man, gravity killed me. You threw me off the goddamn building. <laughs> I just, it's so it's so funny to think about the fact that Batman's like, I don't kill anybody, but then he's like, but you know, shit sometimes happens. It's not me though. <laughs> I didn't I didn't force him to land on the nail. Like the fuck? Like, I'm just trying to get some goddamn weed around here. It's not illegal anymore. Come on, Batman. <laughs> Who are you trying to impress? Poor lady you trying to You need to get yourself a lady, that's what you need. <laughs> I just uh, I don't know. I just I guess I just wish that like I had enjoyed the movie more, but I probably would have if you were with me because I was just kind of like, "This is really like a meh film for me." Yeah, that's. I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that. So, uh, with you know, with with my Sylvester feature out of the way, there. Um, what uh, see, what's you have in line store for me for next week? We're gonna be watching a 1954 film by Akira okay. Kurosawa, one of the Sounds most uh, innovative. J- Directors in film history with such hits as uh, The Hidden Fortress that inspired Star Wars and um, another movie called High and Low that is a fucking hilarious film when you get into what it's about. But that's not the movie we're watching. It's a totally different can of worms. But he uh, he he made uh, films like Yojimbo, which inspired the Good, the Bad and the Ugly trilogy. So the one we're going to be watching is a three and a half hour epic called Seven Samurai. Oh, OK. Seven Samurai. I've definitely heard of that. Uh, that's the, that's like the film that like a lot of movies are based off of, right? Like, you get movies like Bugs Life. You get movies oh, like The Magnificent Seven. <laughs> I don't know why it would be. That's not the best one. But you're you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. It's life is like a <laughs> that's messed up. You're telling me it's wrong. <laughs> that's my favorite Pixar movie. How do you not like Flick? He's like, here's a rock. It's how, your life. How do you it's compare a bug life to a film a like Up or a film like Ratatouille or a film like okay, Coco or a film like... I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because like out of all – nothing has touched me as – I think as much as when Flick has, has been beaten down by all the grasshoppers and yet he still stands up at the end, his chest puffed out, his bruised eye. He says – I forgot what exactly he says, but that he stands up to Hopper. Oh my god, bro! Like, th- there's nothing that beats that moment for me in any movies whatsoever. Like, that just like gets Damn, me. Damn, throw- throwing all that cap shit we just talked about down the drain. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> but but like just him standing up so defiant to like knowing that he could just get smushed so easily, and then he's like, "I don't care, I'm standing up." And then everybody else just, and then oh, oh my god, all the other ants like just decided to join in with him. It's just like the most ultimate hoorah moment for me ever. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. I was like, you fucking go. <laughs> You do it, ants. You get your thing. That's a weird side I, tangent, but okay, Mitchell. I know. So I just love it. <laughs> anyway, just, so Seven Samurai. Um, so there was. So it's it's a foreign film, right? Not it's not in English. No, it is, is right? a Japanese three and a half hour Japanese film. Is there English subtitles? I don't know if I just I'm there. Why I don't would, know how it works. Why wouldn't there be subtitles? We're not just gonna sit there hearing people scream in Japanese. 
Well, I don't know. I was making sure. I just wanted to know. Um, so we'll with we'll that get to said, the sign language film eventually, Mitchell. God. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't want subtitles so bad. We'll get there. Can we watch Salo first before that? I just I <laughs> want to suffer before. I want to know true suffering before I get to before I get to sign language. Well, sign language. Not that sign language is bad. <laughs> it's just like, sorry, I didn't mean to, like in that connotation. It's just like, okay, there's a different. There's a, you know, there's there's movies that like you have to, you know, I don't know. It's For, it's one of those barriers like uh, you, you probably face with like foreign films is that it's like Parasite did really well and Train to Busan. It's like you don't even notice that you're watching a foreign film because the the subtitles and and the characters are that good. But it's almost like sign language is a whole different ballgame. For, the, like for those so not aware, there is a film that came out in 2014 called The Tribe, and it is a film completely in sign language. There are actors. There is no talking. There is no subtitles. It is all just sign language. Oh. And yeah. I bought it specifically because of that because I had never heard of a sign language film. So I really want to watch it, but I'm really scared to watch it. <laughs> but – but so Seven Samurai, yeah. I mean, well, I'm definitely down to see that. Um, I, I know it's, it's been on my list for a, a long time, and uh, and I know that it's going to help increase my film repertoire at the very least. So and we're going to be watching the three and a half hour Blu-ray that I own. Ho ho ho! High quality. <laughs> high quality H two O. Man, some damn high quality film. I'm actually I'm really excited to rewatch this because the first time I rewatched it, it was only like my third film, my third foreign film I'd ever seen, and I was not prepared in any way to watch this. Wow, yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll you'll get a new perspective on it then. That's I exciting. hope so because I've seen a lot of fucking Japanese, French, Italian, I'm, like a lot of those films now. So hopefully I'll actually be able to like pay attention. Great. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us as we talked movie news, shared our thoughts on Friday. Uh, Regal Cinema shutting their doors and delved into our weekly movie watches. Be sure to follow us and turn on notifications to get updates every time we post. You can stay connected with Bryce Payne at, on Letterboxd at... Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. And you can stay connected with me, Mitchell Chandler, by following me on one of my multitudes of social medias on Facebook and Instagram at Author Mitchell Chandler, uh, on Twitter at Mitchell Chandler and on Letterboxd at Mitch Reviews. And Mitchell and Mitch is spelled with a Y. That's M Y T C H E L. Um, that's all for this week, our fellow cinephiles. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!